0: You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Come on,
1: Michael. Michael. Come on, Michael. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. It's awesome to be in the family of God. Amen. And uh, it's awesome to sing that song, I Hear God Singing to Me. yes. Because uh, whenever God sings to us, he sings with all of his heart. I can't imagine a God singing with half of his heart. That would not be the God of the Bible, because God doesn't do anything with half his heart. After all, he sent his son to die on a cross, even while we were still enemies. That tells me that he loves us with all of his heart. Are you with me here? He gives all of his heart because he gave his very best. Who did he give? He gave his son to die for us. I don't know about you, it'd be challenging to give up the most encouraging, the most special thing that you cherished in your heart for people that did not love you back. Are you with me here? And yet that is the God that we worship. Even while we were enemies, even while we were involved in all kinds of sins, whether it was the sins of immorality, impurity, drunkenness, anger, lust, it doesn't matter. Even when we were enemies, even today, you could be an enemy of God. But God gives you all of his heart by sending his son to die for you on the cross. And that fires me up. Amen? Amen. I pray it fires you up. (laughs) You know, today's going to be a, uh, an incredible beginning. We will have after this our first principles class. And I'm reminded of where we get that term, first principles, in the Bible. If we go to Hebrews chapter 5, we find a very, very encouraging scripture. Of course, this here is uh, in the chapter where the wife told the husband that it's commanded in the Bible that she make him coffee and the husband was struggling with that he goes where in the Bible does it say I'm supposed to make you coffee and she told him to turn over to Hebrews 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 Michael Michael Hart told me to tell that joke I Against it with all of my heart, but I thought I needed to be unified and submit to someone bigger in the Lord than me. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 5, the Bible says this here uh, it's an encouraging but challenging verse. He says in verse 11, He says, We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain. Why? because you are slow to learn. (laughs) Notice this isn't written to the Gentiles. It's written to the Hebrews, those who knew the Old Testament, those who knew, dare we say, their Bible, those who already knew the Messiah was coming, those who were waiting for Jesus. I pray that you are waiting for Jesus to come. I pray you're not thinking that your best days are here on earth. Uh, You know, nowadays people are looking for aliens and I just say, hey, don't worry about it. The Bible says aliens are here already. They're called true Christians. We are foreigners and aliens in this world and our our true home is not Camden, it's not east, west, north, or south. Our true home is Heaven Almighty right there. Are you with me? That's where we really belong. We are the aliens. <laughs> and he says we have much to say about this. It's hard to explain. You're slow to learn. He says the issue isn't about how how deep the principles are, it's an issue of wholeheartedness. Yes. You don't really want to learn, he tells him. He says, in fact. Though by this time you ought to be teachers. He says, hey, I've had a goal for you to be a teacher of this stuff. And you don't teach it just by verbally doing it. You actually teach it by your life example. He says, you should be a teacher. You need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word all over again. Other translations say, you need someone to teach you the first principles of God's word all over again. says, you need milk, not solid food. Notice they think they need solid food. Yeah. oftentimes as Christians we think we need to be educated beyond our obedience uh-huh. and yet he says no 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 no, no. I'm not going to educate you beyond your obedience to the very basics of Christianity right there he says you need milk not solid food yeah. anyone who lives on milk still being an infant is acquainted with the teachings about righteousness solid food is for anybody who's old enough no, no. 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 It says for the mature,
0: the mature yeah.
1: who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil He says, you're not really ready for any solid food unless you are actually following and obeying and living the first principles. He says, in fact, if you want to go on to solid food, you can stunt your spiritual growth and not truly, truly, truly grow in the Lord if you aren't obeying the very first principles. He says, you also won't even be able to distinguish good from evil. You know, it's very interesting that When you're living out the first principles and you are seeking God, following the word of God, understanding that you've got to be a people of God discipleship. Understanding that God has called us out of darkness into His wonderful light, yes. right? That challenges me sometimes because God made me physically dark. So out of darkness, you still in darkness. Okay. No, 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 spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness. Okay, great. You're out of darkness into His wonderful light, and His light is wonderful. Amen. Once we're actually doing this and we're, we're moved by the cross of Christ, there's no challenge that can steal our faith because we know Jesus. Face the cross And when the waters of Christianity get bitter As Moses took that piece of wood And put it in the waters in Exodus chapter 15 And the Bible says the bitter waters Got sweet We take that cross And we put it in the bitter waters of life and we see the cross can sweeten up everything in your life. Amen. When you go back to the cross that Jesus died for you, you, you can sweeten any challenge in your life. Going back to see, so when you're living out the first principles, Jesus is your Lord. You you, you can distinguish between good and evil when you've counted the cost. There we say you can distinguish between good and evil. But when you're not living the very first principles of Christ. You you can stop having the ability to distinguish good from evil. And in that way, you stop being mature. You know, maturity biblically defined here is not aging in the Lord because this is written to those who are very old in the Lord, the Hebrews. Uh So you can be physically old and spiritually immature. You can also be physically young and spiritually mature yeah. and this fires me up about some of our disciples you know i i i love i love the ebony and ivory connection of, of michael adrian and little owen right there uh, they, they are two incredible young christians and i don't know where's owen there, there he is, there he is. there he is there he is he's a sold-out disciple right there he's sitting up front and uh, of course my son michael adrian right there you know uh Really, this is what it's about. It's about the young people not only understanding the first principles, but knowing and actually obeying. Uh, both of these young men at our Friday Night Campus devotional uh, give all their heart, not only to knowing the Bible, but going after obeying it. Young Michael shares his faith. Owen shares his faith. They're not afraid. They're not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, you know, I go, wow, this is very encouraging. This is very challenging when we have individuals like this amongst us. But this is the power of the word of God that you could be you can be physically young and spiritually mature. And so then he goes on and he says, therefore, well, what's the therefore? Well, all the stuff he said earlier. <laughs> therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings. That means the first principles. <laughs> let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to what? Maturity. 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 And then he says, not laying again the foundation of repentance. He said we don't have to relay down the foundation of repentance coming out of light or out of darkness into the light. Seeking God, right? He says we don't have to lay all that down. He says from acts that lead to death, faith in God, instruction about baptisms. Of course, that's plural because there's there's more than one baptisms. The laying on of hands. The resurrection of the dead. He says, we're not going to have to go over the cross again with you. Jesus did rise from the dead. And we believe that, right? Yes. <laughs> he says, the resurrection of the dead, uh, eternal judgment. You know, that's one of the things that sometimes is a challenge for us. <laughs> we want to hear about eternal blessings in heaven. We don't want to hear about eternal judgment. Yeah. Right? If you do not fear God, you cannot truly love God. In fact, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. And so you can't properly love God unless you fear God. Oh, yeah. And this isn't a fear of, 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 of you know, oh wow, I'm just—he's gonna a bad person. No, this is awe and, 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 and respect for God. Yeah. All of us here have used, uh, dare we say, fire. Yeah. You probably would like a lot of fire or heat in a cold day like today. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we have this gas stove in our home, and it's, of course, it, you know, you hear the. Fire comes on, and uh, you know it's great when the fire comes on, but it's not so great when your finger's still there and you're messing around with the thing, trying to keep the house clean before Michelle gets home, right there. My, boom, oh man, I burnt my finger right there. Uh, now I didn't stop using fire; I had a healthy respect for that fire, though. <laughs> and yet, that—that that is God. Right, you, you don't stop believing in him because you know you could get singed if you're not seeking him with all your heart. But you have a healthy respect for that that fire once you get burned a little bit. And when you get burned in life by seeking your own will and seeking your own glory, you, you, you come back to God and you go, wow, I fear God. I fear God. Life has has, has dealt me some blows because of my sin. Uh, and so we've got to have a fear of God. Of course, he talks about it right here et- with, with eternal judgment, and then he says, "God permitting, we will do so." This here is, uh, dare we say, where we get our first principles. Uh, I like it because it's so powerful. Because he said it's, it's a found it's a living foundation. It's a foundation that's living, being meaning that it, it isn't really a foundation if you're not living it. What is a foundation? It's what everything is built on. It's what everything's built on. The foundation of our church is the first principles. Seeking God with all of our heart. That is the foundation. Loving God with all of our heart. Going by the word of God. Making sure we understand, uh, hey, we were baptized. Baptized. Right? Not not, understand, not being confused about what it means to go from sin to repent, to repentance right there. Mm. Right? We, we understand all that and when that is a foundation that we are living, we can distinguish good from evil, Amen. we can go on to maturity and then we can really love God with all of our hearts and go into the next part of what he wants Amen. to teach us in life. Are you with me, yeah. church? Yeah. I've entitled today's lesson Wholehearted. Wholehearted. You say, well, let, let, let's just look at some scripture let's go old school here if we can and I, I just want to share some scriptures with you about individuals I respected in the Bible I pray you respect everyone in the Bible if they made the Bible they're pretty awesome unless it was a negative thing individuals I respect that followed God wholeheartedly let's go to the first one, how about Joshua a guy whose name is Jesus is probably a pretty good guy to learn from let's go to what God said through his ministry in Joshua chapter 14 Wholehearted. Joshua, chapter 14. We'll pick it up in verse 1. It says this. Now these are the heirs the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eliezer, a priest, Joshua, son of Nun. And the heads of the tribes of the clans of Israelite allotted to them. Their inheritances were assigned by Lot to the nine and a half tribes, as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses had granted the two... Moses had granted the two and a half tribes, their inheritance, east of the Jordan, but had not granted the Levites an inheritance among the rest. For the sons of Joseph had become tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim. Skip down to verse 6. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb, son of Nun, or son of Jephna, the Kennethite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me to Gadesh Bardea to explore the land right there. See, if you're 40 years old, God can still use you. Amen. He says, but my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. He says, I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Yes. Is that not awesome? Yes, Here's a man that was not moved by people, but he was moved by God. Yes. Yes. Although the people did not follow God wholeheartedly, he followed his God wholeheartedly. Yes. We've got to be people that follow God wholeheartedly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That means there's nothing more you desire in your life than to please the almighty God. Amen. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's some that have come for that reason today. I pray that you come to, 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 to follow God wholeheartedly. You know, that, 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 that principle will be tested as we see here with Joshua. It will be tested as to whether you're willing to follow God wholeheartedly. That means you give anything. You go anywhere. You do anything for the glory of God. Amen. This is what Joshua did. He followed God wholeheartedly. I'm always reminded of my first real serious challenge as a Christian. I was baptized in Portland, Oregon, in a very, very, very freezing cold horse trough. And it was not the most inspirational baptism, as I was still having to deal with my sin going into the baptism. See, at that time I was younger in the faith and I wasn't, wasn't a married man, so I, I, I thought, okay, I want to get married. So I came to my baptism with a tank top on <laughs> and, I, and I had my, my muscles going. I thought, yeah, I want to get baptized. And right before I got baptized, the brothers said, Bro, go put a shirt on. What's wrong with you? People struggling when you getting baptized. So I went and I put a shirt on. Uh, and I came back and I was like, Man, getting discipled all the way up to the Baptistry. And I got to the Baptistry and it was in the back of this big pickup truck. And. Uh, you know, at that time we could not baptize inside the venue we were at, and so they, they took me outside, they sang all the praises and, the, and they took me outside, and they had the horse trough, and, 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 and you know, and they had all the guys there, and I had just a multitude of men that helped me, uh, there was a man by the name of Sean Swars. he was he was a true Indian, literally Indian uh, uh, I believe background is Navajo uh, I, uh, yeah, I believe Nav- Navajo was his background uh, there was a cowboy guy who was in my Bible studies right there, everything, he said, Mike, you need to repent the Lord right here, you know, you know Jesus Fresh, you'll say, "Your boy," you know. He was in my life. Uh, then there, there, there was a guy that really, really challenged me. He bothered me because he just would not put up with any of my excuses. He just was direct. He was forceful. He he discipled my house. He came to my house and looked around. And I had pictures of myself, and he goes, "Wow, that's a large picture of yourself." And glorifying God—that's glorifying you. You want to follow God with all your heart. All these men were there; it was great. And, and they, they baptized me. I went down in that water, and I came up, and I, and I was trying to tell myself, "Don't look for some emotional feeling right there," because I was raised in a church where it was all about how you felt, not about what the Word of God said. So I was really trying not to go in feeling anything. I was okay. Don't—it's not about feelings, but conviction. And I went and I came up. But I felt something. (laughs) It's like, whoa. It's like all this weight had come off of me. And uh, it was awesome because I had changed my sinful life. I'd stopped looking at pornography. I'd stopped being unfaithful. I'd stopped stealing from my company. Uh, I'd stopped cheating on my taxes. I stopped all these sins that I was doing. I got baptized. I felt so free. I felt so happy and so joyful. It, it was awesome. I felt like a little kid. And uh, I, I was so excited about the kingdom. You know, I, I saw my daughter the other day and she was just, I'm so excited about my family, daddy. You know, mom's here. Dad's here. And and, and, and we I told Michelle, I was like, look what God has given us in this family. And that's how I felt when I got baptized. Yeah. I'm so happy at the family. See, I was, I was abandoned at the age of 14. So I I had challenges with family. And when I say abandoned, I'm talking about living in a building with animals in the bottom and just just horrific, horrific. Uh, You'd probably call it a squat nowadays. Um, And that's I I lived in and out of a place like that for about a year. Uh, My only light wasn't the light of God. It was candlelights. I did homework by candlelight. You know, I don't even like talking about it too much because it really, it really is deep. Um, you know, I don't like the darkness because that place was so dark. I hate the darkness. I hate it too dark. To this day, even when I come here, I'm a little too dark here. Yeah. <laughs> we got all the light in the world. Like, Wait a minute, we need more light, <laughs> right? And so, so these are things that I went through. And so, when I got into the family, i was so happy so encouraged so happy that people love me not for my race, color, socioeconomic status but they love me because I decided to follow Jesus with my whole heart and I, I was baptized do you remember when you were baptized and you gave your whole heart and three years later the man who actually, one of the men who actually helped me give all my heart to God looked me in the eye and said I'm done I'm walking away not only one But two. Then three. Then the woman who had actually encouraged me to quit being worldly in my mentality and look for a woman who loved God with all of her heart. Not for a woman who dressed like she was advertising something. See, my mom would say this. If you're not advertising something, then take the sign down. If you're not advertising something, take the sign down. See, I was looking for women that were advertising something. In my life. And then God used her to inspire me to look for a woman who was not advertising anything, if you know what I mean, but loved God with all of her heart. And yet, even that woman who inspired me said, hey, we're leaving God. Not only did our two spiritual leaders leave God, the church went from 300 to technically, really, 25. Why? People didn't want to follow God with their whole heart. And yet that was tested three years in. Three years as a Christian. And I remember just holding on. No, I am following God with my whole heart. He's got a plan through this. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm going to keep making disciples. I'm going to keep having my quiet time. I'm going to keep seeking God. I'm going to stay out of darkness. I'm going to keep being moved by the cross. I'm going to make sure Jesus is Lord. I'm going to continue to fight the battle of Christianity. And because I had been such a zealous young man to make disciples, that's actually what helped me distinguish good from evil during that time. Because yeah. all those who didn't want to do it anymore were the ones that didn't want to share their faith,
0: yeah.
1: didn't want to make disciples, yeah. weren't willing to go anywhere, do anything, give up everything, mm-hmm. stop confessing their sins. They were, they, they, they were so focused on everyone else's sins, yeah. had become more critical of the church than they were of the world, had found more problems in the church than they saw in the world, And I was able to go. Wait a minute! But you haven't made a disciple. But you aren't seeking God. And that saved me. The first principles will save you.
0: Yes.
1: It will save you from being moved by emotion to being a man or a woman who's moved by conviction because you follow God wholeheartedly. (laughs) Proverbs chapter Um, twenty-three. Proverbs chapter twenty-three. I just got to ask, are you moved by emotion or conviction? Do you have conviction with your whole heart? What would you do if this church was reduced to five? Come on now. Would you doubt God?
0: No. Nope.
1: Would you give up your faith? No. That's good, because when he blows it out and he increases this thing to 10,000, your faith won't be in numbers or people. It'll be in God. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 23. How about one for the singles? Oh my this, this scripture is save my spiritual soul let's read it verse 26 my son give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways for the prostitute is a deep pit and the wayward wife Is a narrow well, like a bandit. She lies in wait and multiplies the unfaithful among men. He says, "My son, give me your heart. Give me everything you got." Didn't say give the world your heart. Give that woman your heart. Give me your heart. God says, son, give me your heart. Give me all you got. It'll stop you from being led away by the prostitute. You know, there are so many things that we can prostitute ourselves to. And impurity and lust is is something that steals many ministers and steals the faith of many young people pornography is a mouse button away, a mouse click away nowadays I'm always frightened because this was one of my struggles in the past and when I'm not seeking God with all my whole heart everything that I saw can come back and I can remember all those impure things, those wrong things and that always happens when I'm not giving God my whole heart he says my son give me your heart you know, this is such a frightening scripture because it was written by who? Solomon. He had an incredible father. You say, who was his father? How about David? <laughs> That's pretty good. Anytime your dad gets known in the Bible as a man after God's own heart, you start finding out that when Solomon said this, it's probably because he learned it from his father. Yeah. You also start going through the Proverbs you go, wow, Solomon's pretty cool. It's probably because he had some pretty awesome discipling at home.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: When you got David as a dad, David was pretty good. Yes. And so a lot of the wisdom that I believe Solomon gained was not only being discipled by his father, but also seeing his own brothers who stopped and did not want that discipling. Yeah. Whether it was Absalom who became an enemy of God or the other brothers.
0: Yeah.
1: And Solomon's encouraged to give God all, his whole heart. You know, when you give God all your your heart, he will give you everything else that you desire. Yes. As long as it's in accordance with his will.
0: Yes.
1: If it's not in accordance with his will, he won't give it to you. Because yes. he loves you too much. Amen. God doesn't give you what you want, he gives you what you need. Yes. Right?
0: Yes. And
1: he says right here, give me your heart.
0: Yes.
1: You do that God will bless you. Amen. I read that and I went, okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna because see, what I wanted, I, was, I wanted a Christian wife, and I'm speaking to the singles right here, and I'm also speaking to the marrieds. I, I pray you still want married men, you want a Christian wife. See, sometimes in the marriage ministry, you got to start trying to have what you want what you have, and trying to have what you want. Are you with me right here? So if we got it, we better start wanting our wives, and, and, and vice versa, the wives want the husband. Okay, okay. So, I, I wanted I wanted a wife so bad because I wanted a family. And I decided to give God my whole heart. It was amazing. It was amazing. God brought one of the most incredible friends into my life. He brought Michelle Williamson into my life. He brought Michelle Williamson into my life. What made Michelle special is not that she was enamored or impressed with me. In fact, that bothered me a little bit. You know, because I was trying to be cool and she, she she could care less. I was trying to be awesome and she could care less. How's your quiet time? how's your prayer tell me about that don't tell me about the movies you've been in and, and Hollywood and all that stuff I mean that's cool but, but tell me about because at that time I was pursuing my, my film career and, Yeah, she, she is agent hardline we did, a, we did a video skit on Friday where she played agent hardline it's kind of a spoof but really that's who she is but she loved God and when I started falling away from God I'll never forget the day Michelle did not get advice. Did not go, what do I do? I'm too afraid to approach the brothers. Michelle walked straight up to me and looked me in the eye and said, I thought it said this to me. She says, I thought we were going to do great things for God together. I thought we were going to do great things. And she shook her head. I said, Oh, I gotta change. <laughs> not only did I change, I married her. <laughs> I married her. <laughs> God gave me her because I, I, I gave all my heart to Him. I gave all my heart to Him. There were times Satan tried to steal it, but I went back to being committed to God, and God gave me not only my wife; He gave me a great family.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: You know, you always have to ask yourself when you come to church: Are you giving God all your heart?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, times like this we come together and think about everybody else but ourselves. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's good for my kids. It's good for that ministry, this ministry. How about you? And for those of us that are single, you know, you give God all your heart. He'll give you exactly what you need. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 25. Let's look at another gentleman. Who gave God all of his heart. Actually, before we get to him, let's go to verse 16, or chapter 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 16. You guys stay with me here? Yeah. Second Chronicles. Here's a great one. This is the story of a man named Asa. Asa was so committed to God when his grandma started telling him not to, not to be pure in heart, he says he took his grandma out. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're so committed where your grandmother... Uh, is, is saying some things and you're not moved. That that that's a pretty committed guy. <laughs> he started off pretty committed to God. And then the Bible says in his last years things started to change. You know it's really not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not if you started wholehearted, but you end with half your heart. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that scares me about Asa It's also what scares me about when you go through the Bible And you look at where it talks about the weeds and the wheat yeah. If you study it out Other translations call it the weeds uh, uh, The wheat and the tares If you study out tares Tares are called Darnell tares They look exactly like wheat Their entire mature Their whole life They only start looking at like weeds Right before they die Ooh. That's right at the end And it said that if you ingest one of those those weeds, you get dizzy. They taste very, very, very bitter and they can kill you. And I thought, wow, I don't want to be an older Christian that gets dizzy and I can't see spiritually. I don't want to get bitter and I don't want to be taken out. And yet that can happen to us the older we get as Christians. We get dizzy, we can get bitter and we can get taken out. And this this is this is very important because it, it all goes back to your heart. Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: It all goes back to that. There are many examples of people that follow God with their whole heart. Caleb says, "Hey, I'm 80 years old, just as vigorous as I was when I was young." Cool. Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: And this always encourages me about Mama Sue. <laughs> She's more fired up than half of the church. Yeah. She is. And this isn't just. She's really fired up. She is. You know, we use WhatsApp nowadays, and it's a way of communication. It's a technical way of communicating, and it's great because you can encourage one another. And you, hey, bro, you're awesome. Hey, sis, you this. Hey, hey, look at this. Hey, here's where we're meeting. Hey, look at that. Hey, and it's a quick message, and, and it's great when you see those messages, you know. But I, I love to kind of watch what the spirit's doing. And of course, uh, Mama Sue, who is the mama to all of us, Mama Mama Sue went on because she noticed that one of her sons in the Lord, dare we say, was missing church. And you know, when you're missing church, you know, you got to sometimes ask yourself, are you giving all your heart to God? And as everybody's saying all the nice things, Mama Sue comes from nowhere. (laughs) And and she just calls out a brother. She just says, Stuart? <laughs> are you going to be at church? <laughs> and Stuart goes, I'm going to be at church. I'm going to be at church. Amen. Amen. You know, she didn't call me and ask. She didn't call any of you. She just sees and says, okay, I don't, if I don't see you, are you giving me your whole heart? You know, God kind of feels that way. If I don't see you at the temple of worship, are you really, do you love me with all your heart? I'm not talking about the person that gets ill here or there, but even I'm talking to you because the Bible says, even when you get ill, you need to come to church and have the elders pray on you because that may actually heal you. Yes. And then we get some. sometimes so committed. We say, oh, I don't want to give anybody my germs. Yeah, but then you get on the train and you ride to the, you know, Mary, and you get your food and everything. You give everybody else your germs. No, 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 no. We get germs all day long. Don't worry about that. God wants you to get sick, you get sick. And if God wants to protect you, get protected right there. So sometimes you can't even use sickness as a reason not to come to church. Are you with me here? But she really went after uh, our brother Stuart. And I'm sure Stuart is encouraged by that right there. He's in the back and he's saying, he's nodding his head right there. He's nodding his head. Okay, check this out. In, 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 Ace's, in, in the end of his life, it says this here. He gets disciple because he he starts connecting with people that aren't totally committed. And it says in verse 17, At that time, Hananiah the seer, and the seer is a prophet, came to Asa king of Judah, and he said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites, the Libyans, a mighty army with great numbers and chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord... He delivered them into your hand. Verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are partially committed to Him. No, it doesn't say that, does it? That's the book of second opinions. It says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed committed and the church said yes. is this not th- this is both encouraging and challenging
0: yes.
1: how many of us want to be strengthened in God yes. don't you want to be strong in the Lord yes. but don't you want to hear every kind of persecution come against you and stand strong in the faith yes. don't you want to have spiritual world war one spiritual world war two against you and you stand firm at Dunkirk. You stand firm at Dunkirk even if the French leave you. Even if there are no other groups to come and stand with you. And you stand firm. And you say I'm not going to surrender because I want to protect England and I want to protect Christian heritage in this country and if I die, I die. Yeah. That's why Winston Churchill stood strong. Yeah. Do not let the world steal his motivation from, from you. The world says, oh, he did it for England or whatever. There's all kinds. I have never heard people go, wow, you know, he did it for, for the Lord.
0: Yeah.
1: But when you yeah. study the history of Winston Churchill, and you hear what he said. He's quoted the same as saying that I did it for, to protect Christian civilization. Yeah. So, this scripture says very clearly, if you're not fully committed... God can't strengthen you. Yes. Now that's encouraging. Yeah. Yes. Because if you're fully committed, God can strengthen you. Yes, yes. But that's challenging. Because yeah. it says if you're not if you're not fully committed, God can't strengthen you. So now you just ask yourself some questions. I ask myself a question. Okay. Wanna get strong. Am I fully committed? Am I fully committed? Only then can God make you stronger. Yes. Yeah. When you're fully committed.
0: Yes.
1: Fully committed to what? Your emotions? How about, how about the Word of God? Yeah. Yeah. Fully committed to the Word of God. That means if the Word of God says it, that settles it. I'll never forget the guy that died. I did a Bible study when he says, you know, Michael, the Word of God says it, I believe it, that settles it, right? I go, no, that's wrong. He goes, wait a minute. The word of God says it, the Bible. I actually believe it, that settles it. I go, wrong. The word of God says it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. Your belief has absolutely nothing to do with the truth. I have to explain this at UCL all the time to the students. Well, I don't believe in God. Okay, that's great. It doesn't mean he's not true. Yes. Can you tell me that you don't believe in gravity and then you're going to float away? Right? Just because you don't believe something doesn't make it untrue. Yes. Just because you don't believe there is a God doesn't mean there isn't a God. Your belief has nothing to do with the truth. Yes. God is God whether you believe it or not, according to the word of God. Yes. So belief has nothing to do with the truth. The truth, scientifically, as we just explained right there with gravity, is, is true, period whether you believe in it or not you don't say well I don't believe in gravity and then you wind up floating away and you know like that no no it doesn't work that way right it does not work that way so this is very powerful we've got to be a church that's fully committed to the word of God
0: Amen. that
1: means when individuals stop being fully committed to the word of God then we don't have issue with we go wow we've got to get this brother this sister back committed to the yep. word of God mm-hmm. we, we, we've got to get the word of God as the standard in our lives
0: yes.
1: not our emotions not our feelings And not our relationships. Because this is a big one. Where you put relationship over conviction. But Asa is told, get fully committed, I'll make you strong. What happened? I'm sure he got excited about that discipling, right? Well, let's find out. Verse 10. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged, he put him in prison. Woo! at the same time he brutally oppressed some of the people he said the rest of you guys are messed up too (laughs) the events of Asa's reign from the beginning to the end are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel in the 39th year of his reign Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet look at that he didn't see God so God made him sick see sometimes God makes you sick because you're not seeing God he says he afflicted him with a disease in his feet though the disease was severe even in his illness He did not seek help from the Lord. Only from the physicians that's of course going to the world. 41st year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his fathers. How do we get stronger? By being fully committed. You know, I want to challenge you. If you're not fully committed, first of all, I want you to be open about it. (laughs) I want you to be open about it. And find the areas of weak commitment in your faith. You know, the Bible says add to your, your learning, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, so on and so forth. You know, sometimes we're committed to everything we know, but we need to add to our learning. And that's an area where I go, wow, I haven't been fully committed.
0: I've
1: got to add to my learning. I've got to learn more about God. I've got I to get deeper. I've got to learn more. I, I have to continue to grow. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. If you are the same disciple you were last year, trust me, you're dying. You may not think so, but it's a slow death. All right? We've got to continually be adding to our faith. We've got to continually be selling ourselves out and work, just working to be fully committed so God can strengthen us. Our last scripture. On, Turn to 2 Chronicles. And then we're going to get practical here. You guys still with me here? I've yeah. got five more minutes left. Three, on, Let's look at this last guy. You see the first principal studies in his whole Christian career in this in this chapter we're going to look at. This guy's name is Amaziah. Amaziah. It sounds great in the Bible. I just wouldn't probably name my kids Amaziah right there. Amaziah Williamson right there. doesn't ring. Michelle may not go for it either. Okay. Second Chronicles chapter 25. Wholehearted. Check this out. It says Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king. You do great things when you're young. It says 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem... 29 years. His mother's name was Jehudiah's. She was from Jerusalem. Notice it doesn't say anything about his father. Now check this out. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. 30 years doing what's right, but not wholeheartedly. Yeah. Oh, oh, of course, seeking God, but not wholeheartedly. Yeah. Of course going by the Word of God. Just not wholeheartedly. Of course living as a people of God. But just not wholeheartedly. I mean, you need, you need your friends who are not Christians to like you too, you know what I mean? Of course being moved by the cross, but not wholeheartedly. Yeah. My problems are always bigger than Jesus's problem. My pain is greater than any pain that Jesus felt. You know, he did was right. See you can do what's right and not wholeheartedly. You can be here today and be taking absolutely no notes. Wow. Don't have a Bible with you.
0: Wow.
1: Too afraid to even have one. You know, you got you got your, your phone right there. You don't want anybody to know you're a Christian. It's like the guy says, hey if there's enough evidence to convict you uh, 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 to convict you of a Christian or if you know this you know what I'm talking yeah.
0: about. <laughs> okay. okay.
1: Doing what's right but not wholeheartedly. That, that, I read that. That is challenging.
0: Yeah.
1: You can pray but not wholeheartedly. Yeah. You can go to God in prayer. Just don't give them all your heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can sing. Just don't sing with all your heart. You don't really sing with all your heart. You, you can do those things. You can encourage people. Just don't encourage with all your heart. Yeah. This is very challenging right here. But it's also so cleansing. I love the scriptures because they clean me up. Like, okay, now I'm gonna do it with all my heart. <laughs> I don't want to be like Amazon, I want to give all my heart. So it says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just not wholeheartedly. It says, after the kingdom was firmly in his control, he executed the officials who had murdered his father. Yet he did not put their sons to death, but acted in accordance with what is written in the law, in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded. So it's very interesting. You know, he did see God. He sought God. And right here he's going by the word of God. Because he doesn't put those other people to death right there. Um, even though he could have. He, he allowed Deuteronomy to, to guide him. But then it says this in verse 5. It says, Amaziah called the people of Judah together. And assigned them according to their families. To the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds. For all Judah and Benjamin. There's Bible talk right there, amen? Yeah. He then mustered those 20 years old or more and found that there were 3,000 men ready for military service able to handle the spear and the shield. There's young people right there. Okay. That's the campus. He's got the young people ready to go. He's got enough people of God to really win the war. But what happened? What did he do? He hired 100,000 fighting men from Israel for 100 talents of silver. Now, for those that don't know the history of Israel, the history of Israel had 12 tribes, 10 in the north, 2 in the south. The 2 in the south were Benjamin and Judah. He was part of Judah. And of course the two, the 10 in the north wound up going apostate. These tribes that he got people from, they were the very individuals that worshipped the golden calf. And that created a shorter path of worship down to Samaria, which gave Israel much and major problems when you get to the New Testament right? All the Jews hated is Samaria and they, want, they would go around it. Jesus was the only one who went through Samaria and that's why he talked to the sinful woman at the water at the well right there in Samaria. You guys with me right there? He went through it and he got her and he had the longest conversation that he had with anybody in the Bible and that was with a sister. Okay, that's John chapter 4. Okay, so the sisters take encouragement right there. You know, you want to have long talks, don't worry. Maybe the brothers don't do it, but Jesus will talk to you. Give Jesus all your heart, okay? Give Jesus all your heart. He'll, he'll listen to you. He's got all the time in the world. He created it. Okay. Um, so says he hires these hundred thousand fighting men from Israel. Hmm. Putting his faith in people, not men, or not God. He had three thousand. He could have got the battle won there. But now he hires these individuals from the ten tribes of the north, who had gone apostate, a, 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 a tribes that that weren't fully committed. And he brings these people into his battle, into his army, into his church, who weren't fully committed. Let's find out what happens when you want the war. You want to win the war, but you bring people in that aren't fully committed. Modern day, you baptize people who aren't fully committed. You bring in the remnant and the remnant go wrong. (laughs) See, the remnant can go right, and the remnant can go wrong. This is the scripture that teaches it when the remnant go wrong. (laughs) Or when you make a disciple, and he's not really a disciple. Are you listening to me here? He brings these people in. Now let's find out what happens. Uh Uh-oh, verse 7. But a man of God came to him and said, O king, these troops from Israel must not march out with you for the Lord is not with Israel not with any of these people from Ephraim these were the people of God that went apostate they stopped giving God all their heart so the man of God has to come and say hey these guys call themselves disciples they're not disciples these guys say they're, they're with you they're not with you right. these guys say they teach the very same things your church teaches they're, they totally don't right. these guys say they're, they're just, there's no difference between your fellowship and our fellowship they're liars yeah. Yeah. says they're not saved and of course, historically, we know Israel got annihilated by the Assyrians. They got taken out. They got killed. Okay? And so he says this, and the man of God comes and he preached. And then he says this here. He says, even if you go out and fight courageously in battle, says, even if you're bold, God will overthrow you before the, the enemy. For God has power to help or to overthrow. Okay. So he gets discipled. Let's see if he gives his whole heart to disciple. Verse 8, verse 9. Amaziah asked, the man of God, but what about the hundred talents I paid for these Israelite troops? (laughs) What about the money? (laughs) I mean, look at, I just gave all my money. I mean, am I going to get anything back? You know, money can motivate. And that's okay. But sometimes money can detonate. And it can blow up in your face. When you pay for something, and you find out that you really are counting the cost you're just not counting the cost for your salvation he's counting the cost right here but the wrong cost, he's like hey look what I gave yeah. Yeah. not what God gave, God gave him grace God gave him discipline. God gave him a man of God to stop him from ruining himself mm. but at the end of the story he, he doesn't he doesn't and so he's counting the cost and he says, so the man of God comes back <laughs> see God will send another man of God you don't listen to the first man of God, he'll send another one. but this is the same God, he says the man of God replied The Lord can give you much more than that. So Amaziah dismissed the troops who had come to him from Ephraim and he sent them home. They were fired up. They understood everything and they went back to their old old tribes and everything was okay. No, No, it doesn't say that. This is when the remnant go wrong. (laughs) Okay? They were furious with Judah and left for home in a great rage. See, they left the fellowship and they, they left angry.
0: Yeah.
1: They left bitter, and those of you who are true disciples, you know what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Amaziah then marshaled his strength, led his army to the Valley of Salt, where he killed ten thousand men from Syria. The army of Judah also captured ten thousand men alive, took them to the top of the cliff, and threw them down. So all their uh, so all their so all were dashed to pieces. Meanwhile, the troops that Amaziah had sent back had not allowed uh, had not allowed to take part in the war. Raided Judean towns from Samaria to Beth Horbron. Mm. They killed 3,000 people and carried off great quantities of plunder. They get so angry, they start attacking the church. Yeah. Mm. We're not totally committed. We're not part- and so they start going after God's people. Mm. Again, when the remnant go wrong. When Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought back the gods of the people of Syria. Seher- oh my goodness. Amaziah is going wrong himself. Although he had a victory over the Edomites, the Edomites had a victory over him because he brought back their gods and started worshiping them. He set them up as his own gods, bowed down to them and burned sacrifices to them. The anger of the Lord burned against Amaziah. And he sent him a prophet to him who said, why do you consult these people's gods which could not save their own people from your hand? He says, you just went out and, and, and had victory over these people. And those false gods didn't save them over you. Now you're you're worshiping their same gods. You just studied the Bible with somebody who left the world. You just studied the Bible with them. And and you, you know that sexual impurity does not produce an incredibly awesome loving family. Yet now you're bowing down to sexual impurity. You know that worshiping money just does not bring you that deep happiness that can't be stolen from you. Yet now you're worshipping money. Are are you with me here? He starts worshipping their gods. And it says, verse 16, while he was speaking, the king said to him, Have we appointed you advisor to the king? Stop! Why be struck down? So he gets mad at the man of God, and he says, Quit discipling me. (laughs) So the prophet stopped. You know, there'll be a time in your life where the prophet will stop speaking. He's, He's already spoken to you. Over and over and over. And after he speaks to you more than once, he has to hand you on over. It says, so the prophet stopped, but said, I know that God is determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not listened to my counsel. After Amaziah king of Judah consulted his advisors, you know, you always got to go get some more advice, right? He sent this challenge to Joash, son of Joash, son of Jehu king of Israel. Come, meet me face to face. And then he gets with this guy, Joash, Skip down to verse 26, or verse 25. Amaziah, son of Joash, king of Judah, lived for 15 years after the death of uh, Joash, son of Jephthah, king of Israel. As for the other events of Amaziah's reign from beginning to the end, are they not written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel? From that time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord, they conspired against him at Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent men after him to Lachish and killed him there he was brought back by horse and was buried with his father in the city of Judah. And we stopped there. Wow. A guy who started off wholehearted. But how'd he end? Mm -hmm. Not good. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Right? Why? Because he decided to stop giving God his whole heart. To start giving discipling his whole heart gets mad at the man of God, interrupts him. You know, I don't know if you've ever been that way when someone's discipling you and you interrupt them. You ever been in one of those meetings like that? I was in one of those meetings last week. Yep. I I, I was discipling someone and they interrupted me. And then they started discipling me and then I interrupted them. And I started discipling them and then they interrupted me. And they started discipling me and then I interrupted them. And then then finally me and Michelle got unified. (laughs) and the Lord I said, okay, let's let's be humble here. Start listening to one another, right? And stop interrupting people, right? You know how it is. You don't want to hear the truth anymore. So you, in your pride, you interrupt the man of God. He did that a lot. And there's, you read the story, man, is so challenging, it's so convicting. He's counting the cost the wrong way. He's forgetting the grace of God. He stopped seeking God. His whole motivation was to win this battle. Yeah. Okay, I'll take some false teachers just so I can get the numbers, so we can get it. No, 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 no. He stopped. not stopped being about God. It stopped being about God. What we are doing is about God. We are God's church because we decide to be on God's side. Not because we're better than anyone. Not because we're smarter than anyone. Not because there's nothing in us that makes us good. We are sinful, wretched people that need the blood of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. We are not better than any other denomination, any other church. We need God. This is about God, guys. The first principles that we will do, it's about equipping you so you understand what it really means to be a disciple. Yeah. Again. Yes. <laughs> again. Right? Mine eyes have seen his glory. Sometimes your eyes have to see his glory again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want to challenge the church. Challenge us.
0: <laughs>
1: Let's get wholehearted. Yes. Yeah. Say wholehearted what? How about wholehearted singing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, wasn't it great to sing that Hallelujah song today? Yeah. Yes. Ah, hallelujah. But as a church, we gotta sing with all of our heart. Amen. Mm-hmm. How about wholehearted devotion to the Word of God? Yes. Now I don't want to embarrass anyone today. I hope you had a quiet time.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Did you take notes? Yes. Can you come up here and preach your quiet time right now? Yes. Can you preach it? Can you be able to share what you learned from the Lord this morning? You know, it's very, very great when you put people to the test. And we do that with staff. <laughs> Sometimes you get convicted, you get scared, you get challenged. One day we did this with the, with, with, the, with, the, with the staff and one of the individuals who stood up was our sister VN. She stood up, she preached. I said, oh my goodness, she's walking with the Lord. Wholehearted devotion to the word of God. Wholehearted devotion to prayer. And fasting. So you know you're devoted to prayer when you fast. Right? Wholehearted devotion to the kingdom of God. You don't have to be told to come to the meetings of the body. You want to be here. And you come early. We don't have to go phoning you and finding out where you are and what you're doing and all this type of stuff. And if you do have an appointment that may take you away from the kingdom of God, you show the respect to God Almighty and the family by making a phone call and getting some advice about it and then working with the church so that we can actually be fired up about you missing. Not hurt by that miss. Are you with me here? Full hearted devotion to the kingdom of God. Wholehearted devotion to not only evangelism, but follow up and baptizing. Amen. Okay? Wow. He says, go and make disciples, not go and share your faith.
0: Yeah,
1: that's right. Okay? Now, there are churches that believe and share in sharing their faith. That's awesome. That's not what Jesus said. Yeah. Jesus said, go and make a disciple. Yeah, right. He didn't say, go and invite people, give out pamphlets, and feel fired up that you gave out pamphlets.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, someone gave me a pamphlet this, uh, last week. She felt so encouraged by yeah. it. She was like, wow.
0: <laughs>
1: I was like I, I didn't have time to get into it I just went God bless you too <laughs> like, Oh wow the world is so lost yeah. Jesus didn't say go give out Tracks no. now I was so encouraged by that But that didn't make me a Christian
0: no. No. If you
1: think making a Christian is giving out Tracks or evangelizing that isn't it no. No. We got to give wholehearted devotion to making a Disciple and it's challenging to make a disciple He you it to fishing yeah. Have you ever gone fishing yeah. Fish stink Sin stinks. Fish are slippery. People are slippery. Fish need cleaning. It isn't an option. Maybe they need cleaning. Every fish needs cleaning. Some fish think, oh, I'm a clean fish. I haven't sinned like you. No, you're just as arrogant. And your arrogance is just as bad as sexual impurity. Your pride and not willing to be told anything is just as bad as as pornography in the eyes of God. You need to be cleaned on up. Fishing is cleaning fish. Wholehearted devotion to making disciples. Some of you, your biggest challenge is you just haven't made a disciple. And if you don't make a disciple you stop being a disciple. Yeah. And then you start. Wait, what, what's good? What's right? What's right? What's wrong? What's evil? Right. Is this right? Is this wrong? I don't know. I feel like maybe that brother. You see what I mean? And your feelings can lead you away from the Word of God. I believe in this study. It's. I'm applying it to myself. I really want to challenge the church. Let's give all of our heart. Let's go back to the basics. Let's set the factory settings right there. Like if you go back to the factory settings right there, when you got baptized and you said, "I just want to be," I, I, just, just, just tell me what to do. Yeah. Tell me how to do it. Yeah. T- 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 tell, me, tell me exactly where to go. Yeah. Tell me who to date. Uh, oh, yeah. right, see, 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 there it is. 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 Some of you got mad at me on that point. Don't worry, me and you're good. You got a problem with God. And you may have that problem until for a long time unless you change. So bottom line, bottom line, wholehearted devotion to God be all the glory. .org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.